Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. The L.A. Dodgers have moved Clayton Kershaw back, who's scheduled to start on Tuesday, but will now take the hill on Wednesday. Dustin May will start in his place against the Marlins on Tuesday. Jose Alvarado is closing in on a return for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's been out with an oblique injury. Gabe Kapler announced via Todd Zalecki of MLB.com that John Malley has been let go as hitting coach. He's been replaced by former manager Charlie Manuel. After his grievance was denied, Antonio Brown has returned to Oakland Raiders camp. He's also posted to social media in search of a helmet he can use. And Colts owner Jim Ursay said Andrew Luck is dealing with, quote, a small little bone issue. He does add some detail into the injury that has sidelined Andrew Luck, but does not give us much of an idea of what his prognosis is near term. I'm Dan Traver, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, everybody, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, I don't know if you saw ESPN has one of my... uh, I don't want to say it's a favorite article, maybe a least favorite article. Matthew Berry's love-hate article is up today. Did you see it? Oh, I did not check it out yet. But, yes, I know that's always something that people look forward to each year. Yeah, I check it out for one reason. You know what that reason is, Ronis? I don't. To see what the masses are reading. Okay. Right? Because most people will read that. And they won't be listening to our stuff, which is definitely better. No offense. But uh, there's some there's some things here. I, I do see some uh, things that I actually agree with. That maybe he's been reading our stuff, Ronis. You know that is two of his quarterbacks that he hates are Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's going to be interesting because I think the masses are probably going to fight against that. But uh, I I kind of feel that way. You know, I have them pretty low, and it's just because I think both teams are run heavy. I mean, the Saints have showed that the last two years. Breeze was under 500 pass attempts. It's not a knock on Breeze. I know his completion percentage is real high. I know he had over 30 touchdowns, but they were kind of spread out and concentrated heavily in a few games. That's not ideal. And Brady, you know, they don't have a lot of weapons in that offense. No Gronkowski, and they clearly want to run the football. So it, it makes sense. No, it does. And I have to give Matthew a lot of credit here because I'm actually writing an article about veterans who were, uh, are past their prime. And my two quarterbacks are exactly, if you look at my article here, Brady and Breeze. And I think it's one thing for me to do that, right, because I consider myself a high-stakes player. But for him to do that with the masses, the masses may hate him for writing that. I mean, the masses, you, you've got to think in a general local league, don't you think Tom Brady and Drew Brees are being drafted by literally every team? Yeah, and I, you know, and I think that's the issue. Is it's still a problem, and I didn't realize it until you know you see some of the comments and replies you get on your stories that go on Sports Illustrated with the quarterbacks. <laughs> like people don't understand how fantasy works. Like someone was crushing me for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, look at his fantasy numbers last year with him barely doing anything in the passing game. Right, they're good. Yeah, right. This is fantasy. This is not real life. I'm not taking Lamar Jackson to win. A Super Bowl, yeah, I'm taking Brady over him. This is fantasy. We need fantasy points, and you have to understand how you accrue fantasy points. And if you have a quarterback that runs the football 
at the rate Lamar Jackson does, and even if they tail it back a little bit, but they're still talking about potentially 10 runs per game, he just needs a slight improvement in the passing game to be effective for fantasy. I mean, Cam Newton has been a top-five quarterback year in, year out. He has 4,000 passing yards one time in his career in his rookie year. He's top 30 passing touchdowns one time in his career. Why? Because his running the football presents a high floor every single week, and people don't understand that, and it's amazing. And I always want, and I'm like, okay, now I see why sites like us exist. There's still a huge population out there that doesn't grasp how to win at fantasy. I mean, let's not forget, by the way, Dak Prescott. Oh, I got killed for that. Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, these dual threat quarterbacks. I took heat the other night in that draft we did. I took Mitch Trubisky in round 16. Mitch Trubisky plays for an offensive-minded coach. He's got weapons galore. And Mitch Trubisky could run for 500 yards this year. People forget that this guy's very mobile. Yeah, I think what's happening now with Trubisky is you're not hearing positive reports out of camp that he's been inaccurate and he's always been in that right the thing is though for fantasy he still can be good maybe he doesn't take that huge leap but he did rush for over 400 yards last year missed a couple games had the shoulder yes there was that one six touchdown game that boosted him but he's got really good weapons you like the scheme and you know sometimes these reports don't amount to anything but yeah Trubisky certainly has his flaws I don't think he's a natural smooth passer but he can still get there for fantasy purposes, especially where he's being drafted. Look, Lamar Jackson to me, and I wrote about it in my breakout article, and I, had a, I only had maybe one guy wrote the Ravens are going to be boring. I, I don't think the Ravens are going to be boring at all with Lamar Jackson there. This guy, Adam, at, so 16 games, I think he could have the high score of the week for quarterbacks four to five times. Now, he may have the low score four to five times, but I would say for, for a third of the season, he may be the best quarterback in the NFL fantasy-wise. Yeah, look, there's going to be some big weeks. And again, especially if he can just improve a little bit as a passer. And, you know, he's got some explosive wide receivers now. And I know you could say, well, he had John Brown last year. and He didn't do much. But, you know, he was thrown in to the starter spot in the middle of the season. You know, now he's got a full offseason to work. And he's gotten better each year. Uh, as a passer, again, he's not elite, but you know, you just need a slight improvement for him to open it up just a little bit. But you know, his threat to run with the ball is really going to open things up for a receiver like a Miles Boykin, Marquise Brown. Now, Lamar Jackson, and I don't want to be—I don't want to poo-poo on him because I, I like him. But I think maybe I'll just do it this way: all of these dual-threat quarterbacks are one big hit away from from losing value. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. One hit and the value is, is shot. And Lamar Jackson's value might be shot worse than all. I mean, Josh Allen's very inaccurate. Mitch Trubisky's very inaccurate. I think Dak is inaccurate. But the point is, is that Lamar Jackson, if he can't run, I don't even think he has a job in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of his value is tied to the run. And then you always get concerned because, yeah, he takes that big hit. And even if he doesn't miss games now, he's favoring his ribs. He's not 100%. He doesn't look to run as much, so it, it, that's the case. Uh, you know, we've kind of seen it with Cam Newton. He's been able to stay healthy. Dak, you know, has stayed healthy, too. He has at least six rushing touchdowns in three straight years. So, yeah, the quarterbacks have to be smart, and anytime you're risking taking that punishment, uh, and, you're, you know, Kylo Murray is going to be another one because we expect him to run a lot. But, uh, yeah, I just think that a lot of people don't understand this is fantasy. This is points, and those running quarterbacks have such a high floor, and, uh, there are still a lot of people out there that just don't get it. 
Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day. I go, you have to look at point differential. You have to look at the points. And I could tell. You know when you're talking to somebody and you can tell that their eyes are glazed over and they're not really understanding what you're saying? Yes. That's how I felt talking to this person. And I felt badly because I'm like, I'm trying to explain it and you're just not receiving the information that I'm trying to give you. But uh, what can I do? I mean, what can I do? Yeah, I posted the differential for the Fantasy Football World Championships in the article yesterday, quarterback strategy on Sports Illustrated. And it's very close between like quarterback six to 18. It's not a huge difference. It's like two points per game. It's not big. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, there's a quarterback we're very concerned about, and I think we need to talk about Andrew Luck. Is he going to be ready? We want to talk about Dak Prescott and his contract. We have a lot to get to. We are full-time fantasy sports. Dr. Roto with Adam Ronis, and we'll be back with you right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we are back. We are full-time fantasy. And by the way, Ronis, did you see the uh, Fantasy SP is part of the full-time fantasy family now? Absolutely, yeah. More, bringing more tools to the table. The more tools, the better. Check out fantasysp.com. It's a great place for, for your tools. Are, are you a tools person when it comes to like checking out, especially during football season, Adam? A little bit. You know, I think there's always good things to utilize, but you know, kind of still do my own thing. I feel the same way. Like I, I, use, I like when somebody mentions something to me that has like a tool in it. I'm like, oh, really? That's interesting. That's a good statistic. But I find like I don't, I don't do it, but I need to do more of it. You know, I, I don't know if I'm an analytics person per se. Are you analytical? Yeah, no. Are you analytics with baseball? Yeah, for sure. I, and definitely baseball and more getting more with football, too, though. I mean, I think it helps. The more data you have, uh, it, it definitely plays a role. I think it's especially if it's good data. Like if Mitch Trubisky throws to the left side of the field 63% of the time and Allen Robinson lines up there, I want to start Allen Robinson. I, I, that, that to me is a stat I would, I would use. Yeah, I think quarterback-receiver matchups, uh, sometimes it gets overvalued too much because, again, all it takes is one big play for a receiver in a game to get past an elite corner, and you know it could be a 56-yard play. Right. I mean, look, Robbie, I feel that way about Robbie Anderson this year, Adam. I feel like Robbie Anderson could be shut down for most of the game and maybe go like two for 62 and have a touchdown like every third week. Yeah, because he's got the ability to get deep. So I know they've talked about working him in more intermediate routes, but we do know that he has, uh, on paper at least, a very tough schedule as far as cornerback matchups for this year. All right, let's get to this whole thing with with, uh, Andrew Luck. Now it's supposedly a, a little bone in his lower leg. It was his calf. I think I'm just nervous at this point about Andrew Luck. Yeah, I think you have to be because we've seen this before. We've been through it two years ago, and 
you know, they kept saying, yeah, he's going to be fine. And it didn't work out. And now first it was a calf. Now there's some bone issues. So we're not clear. And it feels like no one knows exactly what is going on. Uh, and we've seen his price drop a little bit. Now it all depends on your format because maybe you start to think, hey, you know what? Luck's a value if he starts to fall to round nine or ten. And you know you can just come back in the next round or a couple rounds later and still get a quarterback to fill in. So there's definitely some risk there. But at the same time, you know, maybe he becomes a value. And, and, you know, there's one thing for taking an injured player in the first few rounds. But, you know, his ADP right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship is 97. Uh, and he's gone as late as uh, 110 recently. So I, I don't know if I probably won't do it because I wait on quarterbacks. But if you are a believer in luck and you think this is not a big deal and we still are several weeks from the season, you could take him and then go get someone later on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't even know if I want him in the first place. I, I guess it makes sense to want him, right? I mean, because what if he does play? He's got a lot of weapons. But let's, let's assume he doesn't play just for argument's sake. Is Jacoby Brissett, where did he rank? Is he Derek Carr? Is he Andy Dalton? He is a dual-threat guy. He has, a, he has some wheels. Not a bad arm. Uh, you know, where would you rank him? Yeah, I think he'd have to be outside the top 20. Would you take him late in a draft and just see where, where that took you? Because I mean, the yeah, offense is so good. If you wait and you want to take a backup quarterback that late uh, and you wait that long, sure, he wouldn't be a target for me. I mean, yeah, there is definitely a lot of weapons in the offense. The offensive line is good, but it's a drop-off from Luck to Brissett. Can the Colts make the playoffs with Brissett? I think it's going to be difficult. He's showing, you know, I have to look at him more closely. There was times where I thought that he was pretty good, and then there are times where he's just really, really bad. But but, uh, what was it? How many years? Was it two years ago? What he had, let me look at, yeah. He, yeah, two years ago he played. 3,000, 3, about 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 260 yards rushing, and four TDs. Don't you think he's a better player today than he was two years ago? Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know if it's going to be enough, though. It's a tough division, so uh, I think without luck, it, it probably hurts them and they don't make the playoffs. Well, you, you like Jacksonville, or you think Tennessee, or, well, Houston for sure, right, would make it. In your mind, yeah, right? Houston, Houston's a good team. I mean, they still have some questions on defense, and not sure what's going on with Clowney. There were rumors he was being dealt yesterday. That didn't happen. Uh, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville's basically got a wide range of outcomes. If things break right, maybe we see them perform like they did two years ago. If not, it could be a disaster year like last year. There's kind of a wide. They're a wide range. They're a tricky team. You know, that's a team you want to watch early in the season. If I had a guess about Clowney, he will come in. Didn't they say after the third preseason game? Yeah, they said right. late, although, but there's been a lot of rumors that he might be traded. I don't. Why are you trading Clowney? Seriously, why are you trading Clowney? Because you don't want to sign him? I don't yeah. know why you don't want to sign this guy. My only problem with Clowney, and I play in an IDP league, Clowney counts as a linebacker. He is not nearly as valuable at linebacker no. as he would be if he was defensive end. Nope, need him at defensive end for, for that value. Yeah, but you know, in my fantasy league, he's uh, considered a linebacker. I don't know if you play in any leagues like that. Yeah, no, I do. And people, someone was complaining to me about it last year in my home league. Oh, well, I think because yeah. I think when they drafted him, he was defensive end, and then they moved him to linebacker. Right. So we have a thing in one of my leagues where it's whatever my fantasy league says is what you get. And then I have another thing where if you could prove that he's down as defensive end, you could, they'll change it. But you've got to yeah, find proof I, somewhere. 
I think I wound up changing it because he did draft him. He's like, look, when I drafted him as a defender, I was like, all right, fine. I'm not going to go crazy over this. Oh, that's a big change, dude. I know, but when he drafted him, it did say right. defensive end. So Right. So I, I feel the same way. But then when they moved him to, off, to outside linebacker, what are you going to do? But again, when the guy drafted him, he, it says on the drafting. So you're drafting. You're like, oh, he's got defensive end. Eligibility. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're saying when he – okay. I guess I was looking at it a different way because we – Right, we're because the, our draft must have been before – yeah, Dynasty League. Yeah, you got to come right, up right, with right. those rules. So, right. you know, he was he was complaining, and I go, oh, you know what? He did draft him, so – So um, you're right, right. If he was drafted as a D-end and then he gets moved, that guy can't suffer for that. That's fair. Yeah, that's – It's, it's kind of like in baseball, right? You're second baseman and all the year for you. Right, or say, you, right. yeah, you draft the guy at a second base, and then all of a sudden they move him. He's only shortstop eligible. It's like, wait a second, what? I when I drafted him, he had this eligibility. So, I but if you trade, but if, but would you say if you if he traded him to somebody else though, that uh, other team can't use him as a second baseman? He'd have to be a shortstop. Is that fair? Then mm, uh, you're getting into a dicey situation. I don't know. See, that's what we used to do in my league. If you had the guy and you had him at second, you could keep him. But if you moved him, then you had to trade him at the position he was going to. Oh, no. You know what I think it was? I think it was Cleo Mack last year. Did that was a big one, too? too. Yeah. They yeah. moved him, too. So he drafted him as defensive end, and then they did right. move him to linebacker. So I said, all right, we'll, we'll keep him at defensive end. Yeah. That's always tricky because that's a big deal with those guys for defensive end linebacker because they don't put up enough tackles to put them in the linebacker situation, especially in a league like our league is two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs. I mean, you don't want Mac. As no, a it's linebacker. a zero. Yeah, no, no. Mac, Mac is great at the defensive line. He's not good at all at linebacker. Not really, not. Not when you could get Darius Leonard. Oh yeah, who I did pick up last year, I think, off free agency. Yeah, that guy's a that guy's a beast. All right, so Dak Prescott supposedly, supposedly they offered him thirty million. Then there was some reports Dak wanted forty million. If Dak Prescott, I'm assuming that that's a crazy report because I can't imagine Dak Prescott waking up in the morning and saying, hey, I'm better than Russell Wilson. I should be the number one paid quarterback in football. Come on, Adam. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, look, everyone's going to shoot for the moon. You, you know, you always do that, knowing that someone will bring it down and then you hope him to be in a medium in the middle. But I can't imagine that he really asked for that. So, you know, again, there's a lot of reports that are put out there, but I find it hard to believe that he really asked for $40 million. I would think, I was listening to the NFL radio this morning. I've got it. They said $32 million was probably was where Carson Wentz was, so that they thought that was pretty close to where he should be. Agree? I mean, probably not. I mean, but, you know. You pay him more than Wentz? No, I wouldn't, but the market changes, you know? And it's not about who's better. It's just what the market is. Maybe it should be about who's better. I want to continue talking about this. The Cowboy situation is a mess. Tony Romo chimed in. We'll let you know what he said when we return right after this.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we are back. We are full-time fantasy. And you go to fulltimefantasy.com. That's where you find us. But I want you to go to playffwc.com. That's what I want. And tonight, there's an online championship at 7 p.m. There is a starter draft at 9 p.m., a draft and go best ball draft at 9 p.m. And we'll throw in another online championship if we could fill it at 10.30 p.m. So, I mean, we are as busy as beavers there, Ronas. Have you seen that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's crunch time, and uh, more people are going to be drafting by the day as we get closer to the season. Some people don't get comfortable until now and maybe another week, but it's really starting to pick up. All right, there's a Beat Dr. Roto draft this Saturday night. Three spots are full, so we've got a few openings still left. And it'll be 10 p.m. If you're just hanging in the house on Saturday night, you want to draft. Uh, this is what married people with two children do, Ronas, not single guys. I don't expect too many single guys in this draft. Yeah, I doubt it. Not on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to be sing- unless you want to draft and then go out and party, which I would very much respect. That's something you would do, Ronas. For sure, yeah, you can do that. Uh, as, as you get older, though, you don't really head out at midnight, 1 a.m. as much as you used to. That's something I, I used to do regularly. <laughs> now it's like, oh, it's 1 a.m.? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going at it. If you said to, right, even, I feel like that way in Vegas. Like, it's 1 a.m.? Really? All right, I guess I'll go out. But I really don't want to. But uh, uh, we, got, know, uh, <laughs> we got John from Baltimore on the line. Oh, John from Baltimore. What's up, dude? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Hey, I got um, two things. One, you guys were asking about um, predictions for uh, – for, I guess, players or whatever in the NFL this year. I, I think my prediction right now is maybe a homer pick, but uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he's uh, throwing for 3,000, running for 1,000, and 30 total touchdowns. What do you guys think about I love it. I, 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 don't think, I don't think you're crazy at all. I actually think – I may think 1,000 yards rushing may be a tad high. But I think 3,000 yards passing, I'll give him eight, 900 yards rushing. I'm, I'm on board with you, John. I really like that. What do you think, Adam? Uh, the total touchdowns might be high because uh, where are they coming from? Tw- what are you doing? 20 pa- 22 passing, eight rushing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with I, I think a lot, of, a lot of those passing touchdowns are going to go to our end court. You got Hurst and Andrews, who I think are going to blow up this year. And then you got Brown, who might turn a two-yard catch into an eight-yard catch. You know, people forget, Adam, how good Hayden Hurst is. Yeah, I mean, obviously Mark Andrews is getting the hype. He was the one that really was good down the stretch, and you're hearing positive things as he's been one of the best players in training camp. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look, again, I like Lamar Jackson just because of the, the floor for rushing, and I think he can improve as a passer. Uh, I did draft him already in a couple leagues, so I hope it comes to fruition. Hey, and, and my one last thing is with all this Andrew Luck uh, 
talk about the injury. What does that do to T.Y. Hilton's uh, status? Is he uh, a, a wide receiver one, borderline two, or is he now a solid two and, you know, draft late because you can't really bank on Jacoby Brissett getting him the ball? Well, look, two years ago, T.Y. Hilton, when Brissett was there, was, what was he at, like nine, under 1,000 yards receiving? Wasn't that the only year he yeah, was under 1,000 yards? 996 and 57 receptions. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, John, I think you're looking at a wide receiver, too. I mean, with Luck, he's clearly a one. With Brissett, he's a two. He had 57 receptions for 966 and four touchdowns with Brissett. I'll give him a little more. I'll give him 65 for maybe 1,000, but it's not, it's, not, it's not sexy. It's not the sexy T.Y. Hilton that we know. Yeah, his catch rate that year, too, was 52.3%, man. So I think he does mm. take a hit. Uh, you know, the thing about Hilton, too, for a wide receiver one, man, it's just not enough touchdowns. That's the biggest problem with him. And he's only had one season of 90-plus receptions. He's obviously a big play guy, but career high is seven touchdowns, and that came back in 2014. That's the biggest problem for T.Y. Hilton when you put him up there against some of the other receivers. Now, I think you could say the same for Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen, to me, is guaranteed more volume. Like, he's a, a Keenan Allen's a 100-catch guy when healthy. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is not. Right, but T.Y. Hilton, to me, is that guy, Adam, who goes, you know, four for 115, right? He's got, like, five or six really big games, and he's a game-breaker, and, and that's why I think you dr- – he's like the Tariq, Tariq Cohen. He's like Tyreek Hill. When he's good, he's really good. Yeah, he's going to have those big games, which – Uh, can win you weeks uh there are some weeks though where the floor is kind of low for him you know and you kind of just wish he had more touchdowns it it would really help but he's not a big red zone guy and luck throws to the tight end you got to run you got doyle uh hilton just not a big touchdown guy yeah i took uh, john i took him in a draft i i i almost i don't regret the pick but i didn't love the pick i didn't take it willingly I, he just was the best guy on the board. But I think you're right. I think he's a wide receiver, too. And we appreciate your phone call. Thanks so much for calling. Call again sometime, all right? Well, all right, thanks, Rodas. guys. Go ahead. Well, looking it. at Hilton, so, you know, I guess kind of goes to your point here. So he scored two touchdowns in week eight. He didn't score a touchdown the rest of the year. But look at the games. Seven for 125, eight for 77, nine for 199, five for 85, seven for 138. You'll take that in a PPR because yeah. that's double-digit points every single week. But could you imagine, though, if this guy scored more touchdowns? He had he had four touchdowns in the first five games and then didn't, and then had two the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's no, crazy. I mean, he's, he's, when he's right, he, and even when he's not right, he's still good. He's just not great. But he's always putting up 13 to 15 points, right? So you can live with that. Like against Jacksonville, 8 for 77. Dallas, 5 for 85. You can live with that. But you really want five for 85 and a touchdown because when your opponent has Julio Jones, that's what you're getting. Well, maybe not yeah, even Julio. Yeah. That's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Yeah, five 100-yard games. So, yeah, you know, that he, that's why he's below those elite receivers. That's why you can't put him, like, in the top ten because those other receivers out of him have more touchdown upside or more receiving upside. Uh, but Hilton does give you those big games. All right, Adam. Tony Romo says it's a coin flip. Coin flip. If Ezekiel Elliott plays week one. I don't think anyone knows. You know, everyone's guessing here. I know Romo's more familiar with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and how they operate. Uh, So a lot of people believe Zeke will be there week one and that Jerry Jones will cave and paying him and knowing that they kind of built the team around them and they have Super Bowl aspirations. So 
I don't know. Like, again, last year, with this, I know it's different. Different situation with Le'Veon Bell because uh, there was a lot of malice there with Bell. Remember last year, like, no one knew where he was. There was no contact. I, I don't think it's that way with Zeke. I think he just wants to get paid. And, of course, they're going to come out, and Jones is going to say things in the media like, yeah, we don't need a running back to win because he's trying to drive down the price. And now it's just both sides kind of waiting each other out. But I don't think anyone really knows at this point. But, but didn't you feel, and maybe I was duped, I always felt Bell was going to play. I even th- I thought he'd come back by week 10. I never thought the guy would give up all that money. Uh, apparently, he was prepared Did for you? It, you know? Did you? No, I don't think anyone thought that. But I think it was a different situation. Remember, he was franchise tagged twice. So, you know, that it pissed him off. And he had bad blood towards the Steelers. I don't feel that way with Zeke or Gordon. I mean, it was a report today that Melvin Gordon and the Chargers are still in contact. I think Gordon wants to play Chargers. He really yeah, does. I do, too. I do, too. But but it, he wants to get paid. And obviously, we know he's not going to budge. I think Gordon's probably going to have to cave at some point. Do you, do you think the Chargers give 11 mil? Go up a little bit? I think reportedly they have 10. I don't know why right. Gordon just doesn't take that. No one the market? Like, take that. I don't know if you're going to get anything better. Because maybe it's the guaranteed money? Yeah, I mean, it could be. I don't know. I mean, again, these situations. You know, maybe it's thir- with three years, $30 million, and he's guaranteed, you know, eleven. I'd want more if I was him. Oh, of course. I mean, you're running back and the issues he's had, you want to get as much guaranteed money as possible just in case you go out there in the early in the season and suffer a serious injury. That potentially could be career ending. You want to make sure you have as much money banked. We talk about this a lot. Basketball, isn't every contract guaranteed? Baseball, yes. ca- contracts are guaranteed. Why in the NFL? See, the NFL, is, to me, is, it, it dupes the, everybody. Oh, this guy's getting $63 million. No, he's not. He's getting $63 million, but he's only getting $13 million guaranteed. So the, the team could cut this guy at any point. I, I don't know why, the, why the, they can't guarantee contracts. I guess I do know because it's a more physical league and a guy cannot play. But I think it's really unfair for the players. Well, it is because of the, uh, the revenue they generate. You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, the NFL is one of the top as far as you know people watching tv fantasy gambling so they're making so much money and yet nba mlb who also make a lot of money but their contracts guaranteed and the nfl is not it just doesn't make any sense and the the salaries are just so spread out i mean goal have you seen the quarterbacks money per year i mean there are quarterbacks who are just not good making 20 million a year and then you I got these you're Melvin backs. Gordon. Aren't you, don't you have a right to be upset that Kirk Cousins is making that kind of money? Definitely. There's no doubt about it. And whether you, if you think Gordon's not a top 10 running back, fine. But the bottom line is, is you got to get it from his perspective. He know he, how many years does Melvin Gordon have left? Not many, man. He's got to get his money now. I mean, Cousins is making 28 million a year, man. Matthew Stafford, 27, Garoppolo, 27 and a half million. What has Garoppolo ever done to deserve that money? No, Melvin Gordon deserves more money to me than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, but see, Jimmy that's Garoppolo why, plays see, at that's this why, position. See, look, you, you can say Dak doesn't deserve that money. I agree. But if you're Dak Prescott and you're going to a negotiating table and you see Jimmy Garoppolo is making $27.5 million per year, Dak's done way more than Garoppolo. Way more. Right. Now, see, the problem is is that you, you could say, well, look, that was a bad contract. That's not Dak's fault. That, that's, that, not, that's the Dak's that's, benefit. He's going to say, hey, look at Garoppolo's stats. Okay, what has he done? What has he proven? Okay, now I've been the Cowboys starting quarterback for three years. We won a division. You know, 
that, that's how he's it's better than go. Cousins. He's better than Dalton. And those guys are all getting high 20s. Do they deserve all 35 million? They're all, they're they're all, all over. I know that. Right. But that's the market. Those, Just like anything in life, it's the market. I know. I know. I agree, I agree with you 100%. All right. We're talking about some. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Antonio Brown. What about him? Uh, what about Damian Harris and Sony Michelle? What about Zach Ertz? Lots to talk about when we return on Full Time Fantasy right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we are back. Remember, guys, play FFWC. Every night we are drafting online championships, starter leagues, draft and go best balls. You know, look, the, the main event, you want to step up. Step up to the main event. You think you're good at fantasy football? Let's just see how good you are. Playing the main, and you'll see. And it's great. It's great fun, and it's a lot of prizes. I love the Dominator if you have the highest Scoring total and you have the best record, boom, you win the league. You get a big old check with your name on it, 10 Gs. I think that's one of my that's my favorite thing about the main event, Ronus, the dominator. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a great setup, man. You should be rewarded for that. You have the best record, you have the most points, you should get rewarded for it. Yeah. So I, you know, other leagues don't give you that. We do. I think it's it's totally worth it. All right, let's get to Antonio Brown. Let's get to hard knocks. The helmet issue went exactly the way we said it was going to go. He wasn't going to win. Now he's going to come back. Do we want this guy? Is this guy just a pain in the butt? Uh, is he going to have a cuticle out of, out of order week three? I mean, just uh, there's divas, which I respect, and then there's divas. And, and Brown is just crazy, Ronas. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He was never like this early in his career. But I guess when you become the top receiver, you make money. Uh, this can happen. But... Yeah, he's a tough one because, like, he's not someone I want to target. But if he's there late second, early third, uh, you know, I do worry that the efficiency is going to drop. But I have to think the targets are going to be there. And isn't that what we want in fantasy? We want volume. So even if he's not scoring 15 touchdowns again, it's just not going to happen. The Steelers offense way better than the Raiders. But even if he gets eight to nine, I got to think the volume's there if he's healthy to get uh, 100 receptions. Right? But let I mean, me ask you pay. this. Do you, do you remember when they would throw to Juju and Brown would come to the huddle and be pissed off? Right? He was visibly not, pissed off. Who are they off. doing that with here? No, Who's no, but I'm saying. No, 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 no. Different, different point. What if Carr can't even find him? What if Carr sucks so badly, he overthrows him, he underthrows him? Can't you just see Brown getting frustrated and almost like giving up at some point this year? Wouldn't it be surprising? You know, I don't like Carr. <laughs> I just don't think he's that good. So, look. I don't think Gruden likes Carr either, by the way. Look, Carr... Look at Amari Cooper, okay? How did Carr not get anything out of Cooper for the most part? And then he goes to Dallas, and all of a sudden, Cooper's putting up big games. Like, All right, here's my prediction. This is not a bold one. This is just a prediction. Carr is not the starter when they go to Vegas. Fact. Write it down. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I mean, Carr is just uh, – he had that 32-touchdown year. Everyone got excited. It's gone downhill sets, man. It's just gone – it's – I don't know. 
I just. But you're right about Cooper. Cooper was terrible with the Raiders. Disinterested. Couldn't find him. Now, maybe it was the play calling. I'll give you that. But, I mean, Dak is not such a great – he's not the greatest quarterback ever, and, he lo- and Cooper looked pretty darn good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, Dak has his flaws. I mean, I saw Miss Gallup open a lot last year. I mean, he's very erratic and inconsistent. But he found a way to unlock Carr. And I know Carr didn't blow – I mean, uh, Cooper. Cooper. I didn't, Cooper didn't blow up every single game. But you also have to understand – he was coming to a team in the middle of the year. Uh, all the time, we see wide receivers who are free agents who have an entire offseason to work with a new team. They struggle most of the time. It's amazing. And then Cooper did it in the middle of the year, came in and had an impact on that offense. I mean, he clearly made them a better offense. Never really happened with Oakland. So, yeah, I mean, the car factor is, you know, there's a lot of issues with, that are more off the field with Antonio Brown and, of course, uh, with Carr being accurate and getting him the football. So, yeah, I mean, look, Brown played with Roethlisberger all these years, and then as soon as they started to lose, it became a problem. Isn't it funny how Bell Well, yeah, that's Brown what I'm saying. It? And now you go into a losing team, and let me tell you something. There's two really good quarterbacks in next year's draft, and John Gruden knows that. And I think that Miami wants one of those quarterbacks, and I think Oakland wants the other. Tua, Justin Hebert, I think these are guys who are going to be the number one and number two picks next year. Uh, just like, uh, was it um, Ryan Leaf and Bledsoe 100 years ago, whatever it was. I just feel, or Mariota and Jameis Winston, I feel that if Oakland loses the first five or six weeks, you might see a 2-14 and 14 season, and then Antonio Brown is in the crapper. You know that they have one of the toughest schedules, too. Do they? Should, yeah. Shouldn't they have an easy schedule? They ha- I was looking at something the other day. I wish I could find it. That they have one of the toughest schedules this year. I don't know how that happened. Maybe it's uh, the division they play. But they have one of the toughest schedules this year. And I was like, oh, boy. Well, you get Kansas City twice, right? You get Denver twice. You get the Chargers twice. Right there. That's brutal. So you, they could be 0-6 right there, right? Well, okay. So they open at home against the Broncos. I could see them well, winning that game. All right, so I'll home. say no, but okay, go ahead. They host the Chiefs in week two. No. They're in Minnesota in week three. They're in oh Indian week four. Oh and they four. host the Bears. Oh and They're five. in Green Bay. Oh and They're six. in Houston. Oh and seven. They host the Lions. They one and eight. Game. One and seven. They, they host the Chargers. One and eight. They host the Bengals. Two They're and at eight. the Jets. Uh, two and nine. They're in Kansas City. Two and ten. Home to Tennessee. Two and eleven. Home to Jacksonville. Three and eleven. At the Chargers. Three and twelve. At the Broncos. Three and three and thirteen. There you go. Three and thirteen. It's it's not an easy schedule. Tanking for Tua. Yeah, it's that and yeah, you know, that's something you gotta think about. You know, well they have where... the, they have the NFC North, dude. That's a bad matchup, NFC North. And the Green Bay, Minnesota, weeks, and the Bears. Woo-hoo. Playoff weeks, Titans, Jacksonville, Chargers. That's terrible. Josh Jacobs went down Im- Im- immeasurably right now in my mind. Because the Titans have a good run defense, Adam. They were yeah, very they good. Let, in the Char- yeah. They were good. And the Chargers are good defense. So I don't think I want Josh Jacobs. Not like I ever wanted him, but now he's off my list. Yeah, this, this, this is not a good team. There's no question about it. And I, I think you really do have to worry about uh, Brown and Carr. You know, I could see Brown getting frustrated for sure if Carr is not not getting in the football. Look, I just saw the body language when Juju was getting it because there was that game. Remember that it was week 16. He thought Brown thought he was open every every play against the Saints. And maybe he was open. 
But Juju was more open. And Ben started to love Juju by the end of the year, by the way. Yeah, I mean, again, Brown still had more targets, so it's hard for me to for him to complain. He still was up there. But I just think that was a couple years of, of things brewing. And when you win, it's not a big deal. It covers it up. But when you start losing, that's when everything unravels. And I think you saw that with Pittsburgh. I think you also, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a sport where, well, I, I mean, obviously it's football. You play with Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe you don't like the guy. Maybe you like him. But then you go elsewhere and you're like, Ben was a much better quarterback than this guy I have. Right? You get the next place and you realize what you had in the other place was pretty good. Well, if, if I think this is correct. I would double check, so don't take it as gospel. But I don't think Antonio Brown scored a touchdown without Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. I don't think he scored with any of the backups. Because, well, the, who, with Josh Dobbs or any of those guys? Or yeah, Landry I Jones? Scored, I don't think he ever scored a touchdown uh, without Ben Roethlisberger. And mm-hmm. then he, remember that interview he did back in March where we referenced it yesterday where he said, yeah, I don't need football and I don't need to yeah, prove myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there was something in there too where he was talking about Roethlisberger, how, oh, I've never been to his house and all this stuff. And again, you don't need to have that relationship with your quarterback or teammates. I think it helps. I've never been to I mean, your house, Ronas. Yeah, well, I've never been to yours either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, you would think football players, like, who was it? Oh, they it was someone in the Hall of Fame speech. I didn't catch the, the whole Hall of Fame induction. I saw some of it. Ed Reed's speech was good. But I think someone was referencing Dick Vermeil about how he had all the players over to his house for dinner. You know, I think that helps. I mean, it only builds chemistry, you know, especially when you're on a football team. You know, you're together for six months out of the year, training camp every day. I don't think you have to be – all that friendly, but I think it only I, I think helps it, if no, you have chemistry. I think you do. I, look, remember well, we we've saw seen the Ju- baseball remember teams have remember no- so the Ju- remember so the Julian Edelman movie, the documentary, yeah, and he and Brady were so tight. He right. was going to Brady's facility to get better. I mean, so obviously these guys have a connection. The 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 great players have connections. They work on that. They know that 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 makes them better. Yeah, no, I, I think it can only help. I don't think it hurts. But, you know, we have seen baseball teams that don't like, like each other win. Uh, and I'm sure there's been football teams, too. I know, so but the teams that do, do like each other, what was the, the the idiots, right? The Red Sox, the idiots, the Marlins of a few with Kevin Millar 100 years ago. You know, I, I think the, ba- the baseball teams that have good clubhouses go farther in the playoffs. They just do. Uh, not always. I mean, I, I think, think it helps. Do. But talent matters. Well, that, uh, t- look, talent always matters. But wouldn't you rather have a, a locker room that is together versus a fractured locker room because you have three or four really good players? Like like of the course. Lakers with, I mean, Kobe and, with Kobe and Shaq. And they still won. <laughs> well, because That's in basketball, thing. you had two out of five guys who were Hall of Famers. But they might have been able to win more had the relationship not been as rocky as it was. Shaq ruins every relationship he had in the NBA. Fact. Fact. I think he'd tell you that. He ruined his relationship with Penny. He ruined his relationship with Kobe. He was jealous of all these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think you, they had that interview with Shaq and Kobe at the All-Star game a couple years ago, and I think you could see he kind of realized that. And even Kobe, to an extent. You know, Kobe blamed himself for the Detroit series. Said he should have done a better job. So... Uh, that's what happens. You kind of learn these things later on as you mature. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Steelers, to me, should have won more Super Bowls with the team they had. They, they underachieved. You know, a lot of people blame Tomlin. I don't blame Mike Tomlin. I don't think it's Tomlin's fault. I don't know if the Steelers' defense was that great. 
I think the Steelers' defense is good. It's not a great defense. Uh, depends on the year, but they also, I mean, when you have Ben, Brown, Bell, they had such a good offense. and So you think it's lost. a Tomlin thing? I think he has to get some responsibility for it, right? You know, coaches are the leader of the team, and, you know, sometimes they get too much blame, too much credit. But, I mean, I clearly, with New England, it's uh, Belichick has set the standard there. But I, I look at Tomlin, he's got a lot of rough guys to deal with. Brown, not easy. Ben, not easy. Yeah, but a lot what, of hard what, heads. And th- those guys don't mess with Tomlin. I mean, because Tom is a little crazy. Yeah, but do you? Where was the, this? The Brown thing just seems recently. I don't ever recall him being like this. But don't you think he's? He, he, it doesn't come out of nowhere. The guy's probably was a little bit of a diva before. No, I think what, he was a guy that what was drafted late, worked really hard to prove himself, and then all of a sudden. When you become the best uh, with anything, you know, there's some ego involved. And, you know, and I, I don't remember Brown acting like this early in his career. No, that's true. I mean, do you know that my favorite receiver right now is Juju? I just love this guy. Every time on Twitter, he's giving back to the community. He's nice to people. He's buying them tickets to games. Whatever it is, he's, he's great. And I find that, like, when Brown was almost rooting against Juju for me, for me last year. And I had a problem with that. Because I just thought Juju was, look, you should be happy that your teammate's being successful. That doesn't mean you're not good, but I think there's room for two people. Look at Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Were they not successful? Yeah, that probably was jealousy there with Brown. You know, and he could, he could yeah. tell that it was coming like, oh, here's the younger player. I'm getting older. He's surpassing me. He's well-liked. I'm sure that element was there for Brown. I, I think so, too. And, and I think the, the great ones figure out how to work together. Just and do. you help the young player get better. You teach them. Right? You take them yeah. under your wing. Absolutely. Chris Carter and Randy Moss. Right? Yeah. I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. of people like that. Chris Car- I mean, Chris Carter could have kept Randy Moss down, but he didn't because he saw what kind of player he was. And Carter went through his own issues. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's where I'm disappointed in Brown. That he- It's a me first philosophy. Me, 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 me. It's about the team, dude. Team will never be successful if it's about you. Yeah, especially in football, man. You need the quarterback to throw you to football, man. You ain't doing it yourself. Yeah, I know. You it's, might it's find crazy. that out this year the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck playing with uh, with Karam. How's that working out for you? All right, All right, let's take a little time out when we come back. Zach Ertz, will you have the same targets this year as last year? We'll discuss right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Remember, playffwc.com, whether it's a starter draft, a best ball, which we call draft and go, or the online championship. There's two online championship drafts tonight. Please check it out, playffwc.com. You could be drafting tonight, and maybe just maybe we'll be talking about your draft on the radio tomorrow. All right, Adam, Zach Ertz. Um, People are saying he's going to get fewer targets this year. I think that seems likely. 
I like Goddard. There's Deshaun Jackson. There's Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, there's a lot of guys there. So, I mean, is Ertz really a third-round pick, or is that a wasted pick to you? I don't think it's wasted. I don't think I would do it. You know, you kind of need him to be what he was last year. And I just – I think it's obvious the targets are going down. You just look at his career. Last year was clearly an outlier, and the offense is better with more weapons. Now, Goddard is dealing with a calf injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. So that is something to keep an eye on. But he had a career high 156 targets last year. I mean, is George insane. Kittle is George Kittle more of a second round pick to you than Ertz at this point? I would rather have Kittle. I just think there's more questions with those 49ers receivers. I think Kittle is the clear cut number one in his offense. I also think there's positive regression for his touchdowns. He only had five touchdowns last year. This guy's a huge red zone threat. You know, he can score 8, 9, potentially 10. He's a big play threat. He had 20 catches of more than 20 yards last year. And I know you could say, well, that's not going to happen again. Well, maybe that's who he is. Maybe he's a, a big play threat. So, uh, Oh, yeah, he's, he's much faster than people think he is. Yeah, so Garoppolo is back. And I know he only played three games with him. It's not enough sample, at least last year. But, you know, who's... Who are you taking away targets from? Are, 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 are Debo, Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, you're really going to yeah, take no, away from Kittle? I would take Kittle in round three before I would take Ertz in three. I wouldn't here's take Ertz two, in three. Here's two what's crazy. He only had 18 red zone targets last year. That's got to change. Kittle's 6'4", 250. Kittle? Kittle? Yeah, but that's because they weren't know? in the red zone that much without Garoppolo. That's going to well, yeah, change. I mean, yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, the there's a high ceiling there. Now, Ertz has a very high floor. That's a really good offense. And Ertz can do what he did two years ago, which is a good year, but it's not worth the second round pick. All right, guys, I'm out of here. This is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Stay tuned for another hour of full-time fantasy with Adam Ronas, and we'll be back with you right after this.